Hi, I'm Sam Chan, and you're listening to the Sam Chan Leadership Podcast. It's my desire to help others succeed. I'm here to help you and your organization grow, grow to the next level. Thank you for joining me on this leadership journey. Let's get started. My assignment is to talk about what is it? Building <laughs> healthy teams. I don't know if this ever happens to you. Sometimes I don't even remember where I'm at. It's like, I'll wake up in the, does that happen to you? Wake up in the middle of the night, where am I? So, so I have some rituals, it has nothing to do with what I'm gonna talk about. Uh, when you don't have content, you just kill time. So, uh, <laughs> so I have this ritual. I, I, I'm in about 150 hotels a year, and, and, and I have this ritual. I will uh, lock, of course, the doors and bolt the doors and everything like that, and I will leave the bathroom light on. Because when I wake up, when you get older, you wake up. Uh, <laughs> babies do that and old people do that. So that's, that's, that's yeah. So, so, so I don't want to be standing outside in the hallway and the door closes behind you and there you are without a key. So sometimes I wake up saying, where am I, where am I, where am I? People ask me, where were you last week? I don't know, I was somewhere. <laughs> the question for me is, when we think about building teams, we're always talking about them. Somebody else. We always think of ourselves as I'm the team builder and I'm gonna build them. I have a question for you. Are you part of a team? Because if we're always thinking about building a team then and focusing on them, we're really not placing ourselves into that circle and saying, but I am on somebody else's team. While I'm building a team, am I on somebody else's team? But the bigger question I want to obsess with this morning is stuff I'm still thinking through. So it is how did, it, how did any of us get here? You are here because you're part of somebody's team. Is that true? So you would not be here if you were a lone ranger somewhere else. You are here because you're part of somebody's team. The question becomes, how did you get here to this room today? Uh, question for me, how did I end up in this room speaking to you today? We got in this room because of three things. I'm going to give you the three words. You can write these down, and then you're done with, this is all the content you're going to get, and then I'm going to kill time after that. You all do the same thing. Have you ever run out of content in the middle of your talk? It's like, what do I say next? How do I make this up? But anyways. <laughs> the first O is observations. Opinions. 
opportunities. Every one of us is in this room because of these three things. Somebody observed you, formed an opinion about you, and gave you an opportunity. You could be a worship leader, you could be an overseer, you could be a pastor. In my previous life, I used to be a youth pastor. <laughs> Thank God for deliverance from that. <laughs> How many former recovering youth pastors do I have here? Have you, ever, have you ever asked yourself, how did I do that? So every one of us in this room, this is how we build teams. I'm going to unpack this a little further. I have two pages of notes written down there, just to let you all know. All of us in this room, because somebody did what? Observed us. And then they formed an opinion and hence gave us an opportunity. So how did I end up at C3 on the Gold Coast at this conference? Somewhere, I don't know where, I don't know the story behind my being here. Somebody made some observations about Sam. Somebody formed an opinion about Sam, and hence somebody gave me an opportunity to be here. This is the trajectory of all of your life, how it has come and where it is going. This is the essence of not only where you are going, but where you're going to take others as you build a team. Challenge is, all this happens, at least one and two happens so reflexively that you don't, I mean, it just... You look at somebody and say, man, that doesn't match. It just happens like that. Or somebody's preaching and you say, that's kind of shallow. Happens just like that. Or in conferences like this, I could do that better. <laughs> yeah, if, if he just had the story that goes along with that text that I preached three years ago. So our minds are going, because we all go into, but it happens so quickly, and then we get calcified arthritis sets in before we can get to this point. So what I want to do is take you into the mind of somebody who travels different parts and works with different organizations, and give you some things that we need to be observing. A few things about opinions and then opportunities. So that is my outline. Now, if you're looking for me to give you Bible, you've had enough Bible already this morning. <laughs> but if you have a religious spirit, find a text, give it to me after it's over. And I'll work it into the next time I... <laughs> I tease this. You know, I was raised in a hyper-holiness church. You went to hell for everything. <laughs> Absolutely. 
My father was the pastor of the Hyper Holiness Pentecostal Church. I mean, you went to hell if you went to the movies. You went to hell if you played cards. You went to hell if you watched sports. If you, you just went to hell for everything. You know, you know, my my uh, my dad wouldn't take us to the circus. And I one day I asked him, Dad, why don't we go to the circus? He said there are half naked women there. Well, growing up, that's what I was looking for. observations. The first thing that you observe about a person is their attitude. You will meet a person's attitude 20 feet before you meet them. At this conference, you're not blind. You're not deaf. You're observing. Okay. You know, you're driving in the car and the, and the car GPS says there's a camera ahead. Slow down 60 kilometers, whatever. I'm here to tell you there's a camera on every one of us all the time. Somebody is watching you all the time. And their observations, they are forming opinions about you all the time. So you meet a person's attitude before you meet them. You know, bad attitudes are like bad breath. Everybody else knows it. Except you. Don't you hate it when a preacher says, turn to your neighbor and say, Hallelujah. The second thing is, as I'm looking for observations, is when people, my team members, come to the meeting, do they come prepared? Preparation. Do they come prepared or do they just show up? Number three I'm looking for is their understanding of who we are. Understanding of who we are. Not another church. This is where you're at, who we are. If you're coming from another church into our church, leave that out there. This is who we are. I remember when I was pastoring before the Lord delivered and set me free. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hi, my name is Sam. I'm a recovering pastor. So people come from another church, and, and, and then slowly they say, you know, at our other church, we used to. Now, because we are desperate to keep them, we kind of go along with that, like, <laughs> let, let me tell you, pastoral skill 101 is learning to do <laughs> One in doubt, that's it. <laughs> okay, everyone together. One, two, three. It'll save your life. You can just <laughs> yourself out of a awkward situation. So these people come to your church and they bring their ideas with them. 
And for a while, we hate them. But after a while, you feel like slapping them. In Jesus, I'm sorry, Kathy, in Jesus' name. You know, I must have another God who talks to me differently than Kathy. Your God is a much more loving God than my God. <laughs> my God says, I'll walk out of the meeting. Leave the counseling by themselves. Figure it out. I'm gone. Or haven't we talked about this three other times? What's wrong with you? Smoke something different. I'm just playing with you, Kathy. So people bring their ideas to you and we try to absorb all of them into our church, but they have no understanding of who you are. If you sell chicken and the sign says, church of the chicken, and they come looking for steak, can't you read? We don't do steak here. But there's another church down the road who's known for good steak. Can I recommend you? Here's their website. I'll call the pastor for you. Have an understanding of this is who we are. So don't be coming here trying to change us. Now you can help us do chicken better. So I'm open to feedback, Pastor John. So you say you can broil the chicken a little better. You can put little spices on it. You can have curry. Come on now. God's, God's food. So you can help me do chicken better. But don't try to make me a fish house. Because all we do is chicken. But most churches don't know they do chicken. They are like a, a buffet line. A little bit of everything. Everybody's happy. What are you known for? Just know that your, your team has to know who you are. We do chicken. Yeah, find a scripture for that. Give it to me after it's over. Just two more things under that. I want people on my team who can bring me solutions. This world is ruled by people who take a problem, take a challenge, and bring what? Solutions. So I'm going to tell you how, when I was university president in America, what I did, and I suggest this to everybody. Whenever somebody comes to you with a problem, the first question, when they came to me, I always told my staff, if you come to me with a problem, let me tell you what my first response is going to be. My first response is going to be the same sentence every time. What do you think we should do about it? Obviously, you've had more time to think about it. I'm just hearing it. So this is not a toilet you come and dump on.
I feel like I'm taking the level of this conference solo. I mean, there's prophecies going on here. People are praying in tongues over here and talking about flushing toilets and chicken. I got lunch on my mind. How about you? So don't just come to me with a problem. And then I also told my staff, this is what I'm going to do. Not only going to ask you what should we do about it. I want you to give me a minimum of three solutions. And if I felt like giving them a brain sprain, give me five solutions. Because see, two is we could do this or we could do that. Anybody can come up with that. Solution number three makes you think. I want people who can bring me what? Solutions. Uh, let me move on from there to opinions. Anybody in here had somebody, uh, somebody form a wrong opinion about you? <laughs> Listen, if you're a preacher in the house, people form opinions about you every Sunday. And their opinions change from Sunday to Sunday. Can I say something to you? You're only as good as last Sunday. Nobody remembers the amazing message you preached three Sundays ago. People form opinions. Now here is the challenge with opinions. The sign of maturity of a leader who's building a team is their willingness to change their opinion. So in Timothy, uh, to Timothy, Paul is writing to Timothy and says, bring Mark John with you. Now you remember Mark John and Paul have history. Because of them, Barnabas and Silas and Paul and uh, Mark John, they all split up, went different ways. You all remember that? I mean, there was an actual church split. Contention was so great, the book of Acts tells us. But now, Paul, who is in dungeon, minutes, maybe hours away from being beheaded, says, bring Mark John with you. That is not a statement about Mark John's maturity. That's a statement about Paul's maturity. Because see, when you form an opinion of your team member, you have four options. You can promote, you can demote, you can stagnate, and you can terminate. Those are the four things. You can promote, because of your opinions now. You can demote. You can stagnate, that means just keep them at the same level, put a ceiling on them, put the ceiling, the floor so close together, they've got nowhere to, to go, <laughs> or terminate. You hold the key to somebody else's future. And it's all based on your number one is what? And nobody ever teaches us how to observe. We just observe. And then we come up with our own opinions. And these opinions are based on 
our upbringing, our cultural background. But then let's talk about opportunities. When you give somebody an opportunity, usually you'll have one of two responses. Oh, yes, is one response. Oh, my, <laughs> is number two response. Have you ever put somebody into an opportunity? And you said, oh, what did I just do? I think I missed God on that. So in an organization, and this will go along with at least three of the previous conversations we've had this morning from this platform. So when we're talking about opportunities and vision, so here's the creator, vision creator. Here are the casters. Here are the carriers. And here are the carers. Creator, casters, carrier, and carers. I don't want these to start feeling lonely like nobody ever asked me to do anything. <laughs> Why does she get to sing all the time and I can sing too? <laughs> Sister Yellow has an attitude. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I'm, I'm just messed up. So in a church, the vision creator is one. It could be husband and wife, but one. Casters are few. Carriers are many. Carers are all. I want to, and then Sister Pink is saying, what about me? I'm going to focus the next two minutes on right here, casters. I think this room has got the majority of the people are in here, and then there are creators, casters. Nobody, we all are expected as team members to be vision casters, but nobody ever trains us teaches us to be a caster. Because with vision casting, I'm talking of building a team, vision casting has a language to it, has an attitude to it, has a way of communicating to it. If, if, I, was, if, if I was selling something and I had you all as my salespeople, as casters, I wouldn't just say, hey, go sell microphones. Oh no. I'd have you in smaller groups. I will write out the script for you. I'll have you memorize that script. I'll have you come on the platform. I'll have you make presentations. I will critique you. I won't just send you out there saying go sell. But in church, we think we preach one Sunday on culture or vision. 
and your casters are supposed to go and just do it and then we get mad at them and homicidal <laughs> oh yeah 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 listen if you have never been homicidal you've never pastored a church <laughs> oh yeah you you you've killed many people while you were preaching you're preaching god loves you but i'm going to kill you So when you talk about team building I have a question for all the lead leaders what do you do strategically to actually language train empower model role model give them an opportunity to do it in a safe setting so that they can be the team that you want them to be because this is your executive level but we never do that with them we just assume and how does assume work out i'm going to leave that alone but if you were to break it out in its spelling you will find out but then the challenge that i see almost everywhere i go is there are no surprises that i bring to a church consult Everybody knows who's got to go. I don't know why people pay me. But I'm happy to take your money. I am an Indian. So it's a, it's like a spiritual gift for us. We have programs in our churches that are dead. Okay, watch me, watch me, watch me. If I'm riding a horse, I'm riding a horse, I'm riding a horse, I'm riding a horse, riding a horse, riding a horse, and the horse dies under me. What do you want me to do? Get off the horse. You know what we do in church? Riding a horse, riding a horse. Horse is dead. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And we have prayer meetings about we have resurrection service now is dead get off the dog gone horse you know it's dead they know it's dead the horse knows it's dead so when you're building a team what how how do you hone your observation if you want to be a better leader i would obsess with this how can i read a room so so you you heard pastor john talk about you know i came and did a consult and in a few minutes i could read the room you know why because i have worked hard on honing my observation skills and i've also slowed down my opinion forming on purpose because i don't know everything and my observation might be flawed but i will not form an opinion too soon and restrict their growth because i've got four options i can promote i can demote i can stagnate i can terminate
So the last thing I want to say to you, you are holding somebody else's future simply based on your observations and your opinions. And somebody else is holding the key to your life because of your, of their observations and opinions. So what am I observing about others? And even more importantly, what are others observing about me? And that is why as a leader, the hardest part is you can really never be off. Because your casual moments with the people you are leading gives them an observation on which they start forming opinions. And now you're trying to bring it back around and it doesn't work out like that. So what are people observing about you? And that is the stress point of ministry is I'm always under observation. People are always forming opinions about me and my opportunities for the future are dependent on my observations, their opinions, and my opportunities. I'm here today because my pastor in Atlanta, when I was in Bible college there, observed something about me. Asked me if I would clean the church. He's an Indian, he can probably clean. Regardless of what it was, I was on his radar. I had other friends who never rose to his radar. I got on his map. And all I had to do was make sure that what he observed has excellence to it. And then he elevated me from there to something else. Do something else. Because you see, the Bible says you go from glory to glory. Let me break it down for you. You go from observation to observation. Opinion to opinion. When people have a lower opinion of you, and people's opinion is fluctuating. It's never like it's always like this or up. Oh no. If you were to graph people's opinion, it's... One Sunday they're leaving saying, Whoo, he's a great preacher. Next Sunday, you know, there's lots of room to improve. <laughs> so what are you observing? How quickly? Uh, can I say something else about opinion? Nobody cares about your opinion. Their opinion about your opinion is, who gives a rip? And you think your opinion is like, well, I think. Flush it. <laughs> Nobody cares.